you're wanting to talk about. We can talk about anything you want to talk about. <laughs> I'm submitting to you. That's right. <laughs> Cut. While I was sitting on my front porch looking at our oak tree that is like doubled in size in the 10 years that we've been here or whatever. The question I had was, you know, what is my biggest, what is the thing that tries my faith the most huh. right now as a Christian? Okay. This makes me think of the times I've been accused by non-Christians mm. that Christians just have an easy life and that they don't understand hardship and stuff sometimes. Okay. And that's why they're Christians. Like, I've been accused of that several times, which is silly. You believe in God because everything's good, so God must obviously be yeah. real because he makes everything good for you. Yeah. That's bullcrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, y'all? Cliff and Chandra here from Not Gospel Studios. Is the age of miracles over? What are the questions that challenge your faith the most as a Christian? These are the questions we're going to talk about today. It's Friday. This is Not Gospel. The thing's the biggest question that puts the most resistance to your faith on the daily, you know, mm -hmm. in your life. If there was one thing, what would it be? <laughs> you go first. <laughs> well, okay. So to me, it probably is, I believe God mm -hmm. is the God of miracles. A hundred percent. I've seen miracles take place. I've experienced the supernatural things occur in my life that without a doubt, the most plausible explanation is that God heard my prayer, my private prayer, and this happened. Yeah. You know, so like what tries my faith the most probably is when I'm praying about something. Sometimes when I pray about something and I know I have the faith for it to happen. Like I'm like, I'm in the moment. It's like the faith is there. God is going to like, you can do this. I know you can if it's mm -hmm. your will. And I know you want to bless your people. And I know you want to do these certain things. I know you want to heal and perform miracles. And then it doesn't happen. When you pray the prayer of faith mm -hmm. and the miracle doesn't happen or in my head in order to in order to, to make sense of it and for it to not be such like a such a trial in my faith, I have to be like, well, maybe the miracle hasn't happened for said reason for mm -hmm. a purpose that God has or maybe the miracles on the way. Maybe it hasn't happened now, but God has a plan for it, you know, yeah. and that's how I rationalize it. And that's how I make sense of it in my Christian walk. But mm -hmm. it does test my faith. It's probably the thing that tests my faith the most because it's like you had the faith, it was there, and it didn't happen. Yeah, and it's almost like Satan sneaks in at that at that moment and is like, "Ha ha, God either doesn't care about you, doesn't love you, isn't good, or isn't real." I think, especially with healing in particular, that is a touchy subject because yeah. we're kind of charismatic Christians. We believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe mm -hmm. in healing and speaking in tongues, like all that stuff. And then when the healing doesn't come, you're like, is it my problem? Doesn't God, you know, why wouldn't God do that? And it makes me more question the structure that we've, like our Christian societal structure, how mm. we do things now. Like, is it just a gifts thing? Like, that's not, you don't have a gift of healing, and maybe you need to partner with other Christians who have and get prayed for by people who have the gift of healing. I mean, maybe, because I know that the inclination at that point mm -hmm. <clears throat> is to go to the scriptures, and I do go to the scriptures, and, and he had, you know, the potter can make vessels for whatever purpose he wants, and he yeah. can do what he wants with the vessel, so he can heal and he can not heal. But then I also mm -hmm. look when Jesus was around and how he basically, the only time he didn't do a lot of miracles is he, they go on point to say their faith was little, you know, because of their little faith, mm -hmm. he only healed a few sick people. Yeah. And so I look at those and I'm like, 
obviously God desires for his people to have good health and to have life and life more abundantly. What I think is usually lacking is my faith as a human. Mm -hmm. And so when it's pumped and it's ready to go, I'm like, oh, yeah, everything's going to happen. I mean, the roof's going to blow off this place. Lightning bolt's going to fly from my finger. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Now, when you're saying faith for healing, uh, what do you believe that faith is? Like, are you you have such faith in God and his love for you that – a healing is possible or are you literally like this topic you're having faith on this topic not just in god but just on what's gonna happen around this like your leg falling off or something well, i wouldn't necessarily say that i'm like a name it claim it mm -hmm. kind of person you know like my head goes to when you talk about the christian structure i wonder if when scriptures say like this kind cometh about through prayer and fasting and this kind of stuff if we've just lost touch of at times how much prayer and fasting and like yeah. earnest like seeking of God has to take place for certain miracles. Was it before Jesus started doing all of his miracles when he went to the desert with the Satan and stuff? It was very, very early on. Yeah. I can't remember if it was before the very first miracle or like afterwards. In my head, I'm thinking he did that and like supercharged himself spiritually. Well, even if it something. wasn't – okay, so his first mm -hmm. miracle ever was turning the water into wine. Yeah. But even if he turned the water into wine and then Satan tempted him. I'm not yeah. certain about the timeline. If you're Bible scholars out there and you know the timeline of this and you're listening, hit us up in the comments. But even mm -hmm. if they did the water into wine miracle and then he was tempted by Satan for 40 days and 40 nights and got like his, his faith supercharged, you know, like, like questing after God's – you know anointing which it's interesting to think of the savior of the world questing after an, the an, yeah. anointing but he was probably navigating what it was what it was like to be a human you know so that was he was yeah. wrestling with that but even if he did the miracle uh, turning the water into wine and then was tempted by satan for 40 days and 40 nights he did tell mary it is not my time yeah don't bother me it's not my time so there's this sense of something has to happen Something has to take place before the miracles are going to just start coming. Yeah. And maybe it was, you know, him having to be tempted in all ways like we are. Mm -mm. I do know that obviously that happened way early on and then lots of miracles happened afterwards. Mm -mm. So. But I don't I think guess, I have the gift of healing. <laughs> okay, so I guess that's kind I've of I've never what, healed nobody. <laughs> maybe that's what And this, I've had several surgeries. <laughs> maybe that's what this podcast is about is <laughs> is God does God still do miracles? Is God still a miracle working God? Do we believe mm -hmm. that cuz there are several schools of thought that like miracles speaking in tongues and all these things have ceased? Yeah. For this generation, that's what some people, some faiths and some denominations believe. And then other denominations, more charismatic, believe that, you know, we we can get those kind of things. We can have and they can happen now just like they could happen back in the days of the apostles because God's no respecter of persons, mm -hmm. you know. And I think things happen in God's own perfect time. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes maybe it's just not the time for healing. And sometimes it's because the person who has the gift of healing isn't around maybe. Just things like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you think honestly – you would subscribe to the idea that certain folks have these gifts as described in the Bible and like maybe we're not paired up with those people who have those gifts and that's why we don't receive those healings and those miracles? That's where my mind goes to. Mm -hmm. That's how it explains itself. Like I've explained it to myself. I don't know if I'm right though. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be the most plausible reason. Because I've been in situations where things were happening when certain people were around and well, then different uh, you know th things with the holy spirit would happen when certain individuals yeah. were there so it does seem to god carries that through humans and particular humans 
Well, and, well, and non-Christian, mm-hmm. non-spiritual people will talk about that stuff too. We yeah. say somebody has a spirit of discernment, mm-hmm. but they say someone's an empath. Mm-hmm. You know, like all that. Yeah. This person's very like they can tell your emotional state, what you're going through, or whatever. They're very sensitive to that. Um, so maybe there is something to what you're saying, like. People aren't diving into the knowledge of the Holy Spirit enough to really even get access to their gift or the mm. gifts that they have. Maybe that's the case. Maybe we're getting saved in the church, and maybe the focus is so much on study the Bible so you know what's coming and you know how God feels and pray and treat people good and love people versus – and this may sound a little narcissistic, but maybe there's not enough focus on get what you need to get in the deepness of your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. A lot of times we look at God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost like that. We look at number one, number two, number three. Like there's like we look at it like there's a hierarchy in heaven. Like God the Father, mm-hmm. God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. When that's not the case, no, they're the same. They're equal. Mm-hmm. And to think that they're equal and that the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit is here with us the whole time, and we think that miracles and things can't happen or that we don't even invest time in, into furthering our relationship with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is maybe a problem, maybe a disconnect. Maybe that's why we don't see miracles and stuff because we don't really want to figure out, I want to know more about the Holy Spirit and how that manifests and how that takes place in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, we did an episode once, a podcast on fasting, mm-hmm. and you asked the question, is that part of the Christian culture now anyways? Do people still fast? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I think so. In certain uh, realms of it, I like. I think some churches and some denominations do it up real big, and then others, yeah, it is something they don't even do. For me, the uniqueness of the Holy Spirit is that He's basically Jesus everywhere. That's what Jesus says. He goes, "I'm your Comforter now. I'm leaving and sending you another Comforter." Yeah, and He's everywhere. That's awesome. That's I mean, that's super cool because He's. And you, me, the whole anywhere. He can be doing things here on this side of the earth and be doing things clear in the Philippines on the other side of the earth at the same Mm -hmm. time. Jesus couldn't do that. You Mm -hmm. know, he was here. He was one guy. So my thoughts immediately go to I didn't necessarily think about maybe I, maybe people don't, we're not paired up with people who have those gifts. Mm -hmm. But now that you've said that, I'm thinking, man, maybe we, most of the time, most of us Christians don't even realize our gift yet or Mm -hmm. or barely tap into our gift. You know, maybe somebody does have the gift of discernment or the gift of miracles or the gift of healing, but because there's not enough taught in church and not enough seeking in church and, and by our leadership and everything of, of, of the Holy Spirit, that they never get there. Mm-hmm. So then you have an absence of all these gifts in your church. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I think of it. <laughs> We're too secluded as Christians, I guess. Well, and the current culture is making that worse. Mm-hmm. It's making it okay to sit at home. Mm-hmm. Sit at home and, and this is another thing. Like, like, do we even know yet how the spirit translates through watching a service on television or whatever versus being in the presence, being in the room? Do we even know what that – how that has affected what we get from God? Or do we uh. – is there any effect at all? It's a lot to think about, but how could you ever measure that? <laughs> it's impossible. Well, you can't even prove that God's real to some people. So it's just like, you not only can you not prove God's real, you know, this flying spaghetti monster, as they say, that you believe in, but now you're trying to decide how much Holy Ghost is lost through <laughs> wireless <TV>. television. <laughs> That's fine. 
<laughs> well, what that's about the, those that's pastors? first world problems right there in Christianity? I'm just not getting the spirit through my telly. Well, what about pastors who are like, lay your hand on the television, I'm going to pray now. I've seen it. Oh, my gosh. That's usually coupled with, and give a $5 donation. <laughs> I'll give a seed offering. <laughs> give a seed offering. Yeah. Oh, man. There are so, televangelists have given such a bad rap to Christianity over the course of 30-something years. Pulling yeah. chicken livers out of people and all that, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, oh. Like, I used to love Benny Hinn. (laughs) Here we go. The thing is, that's who I was thinking about. When when Christians become celebrities, is that a problem? You know, what, what does that do? Because they use the excuse or use the the idea that well Peter and John and 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 Luke and 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 Mark and all these guys they were celebrities in the day. If Paul's showing up, that's an icon, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Holy smokes! I mean, they still have what's his face's bones in the Vatican, don't they? But is that the same as when we talk about celebrities today, like Christians, like Benny Hinn and Jimmy Swaggerts and all these, like all that stuff that went down with the uh, Hillsong Church? Mm-hmm. Like they fell apart. And it was all this stuff was being uncovered about uh, pastors cheating on their wives and having these big conferences and having these like base, basically drunken, lascivious parties possibly occurring at these big conferences. Yeah. And so the leadership top down at Hillsong Church, like several of them had to resign. Like it's been a big deal and it's made a lot on online. A lot of Christians, a lot of more, more like I'd call them traditional Christian people, even content providers are like, stop playing their music. Like, yeah, is our sense of what a celebrity is, is that the same as like what was going on in the day of Jesus? Because he was a celebrity. Jesus was, well, yeah. Jesus was a rock star or whatever. <laughs> Jesus Christ superstar? Su- Jesus Christ superstar, yes. Mm-hmm. He was a superstar. Like, he, people would flock around him. Yeah. So is there a problem when Christians like Benny Hinn, like when they become celebrities? Well, I mean, we're all just humans. And anybody who re- reaches any kind of fame, I mean, is going to be tempted. So even if they started out with good intentions and good things, it could go downhill. Yeah. I wonder how far removed from the original deal, like the original idea of Christianity, Christianity is in 2022 <laughs> right now. That's a scary thought. (laughs) I don't like thinking about that. (laughs) Like, as an individual, you know, I think I have all my crap figured out. Of course I don't. (laughs) But that's how you feel. Mm -hmm. And the thinking about, like, what if I'm so wrong? Well, I mean, there are some simple things. But maybe that's... Okay, it's like coming full circle. (laughs) Like, maybe the reason people don't want to quest deep, deep into, like, Holy Spirit and all these kind of things is because... Of that thought, like, how different is my faith now than what God intended when he really, like, planted mm-hmm. the seed of Jesus and started the whole thing? So then it's like, well, what I'll do is I'll just I'll just get the basic things right. Jesus is the son of God. He died for my sins. Mm-hmm. I'm saved. Love my neighbor. Love God. The Ten Commandments. Treat my kids right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, be faithful to my wife. Like, the, the basic things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people are afraid that they're going to get it wrong diving deeper into it. Is it scary thinking about di- trying to dive deep into the Holy Spirit? I'm going to fast for a week and, and, and pray and seek God for a week really hard and see what happens. Are they afraid they're just going to wake up a, 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 like a crazy <laughs> after a week of doing like, I'm insane on God. Oh, yeah. Well, it is hard to fit in with other people. What? Not that you're – how do you – do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I know what you're. Tr- it feels like I know what you're starting to try and say multiple times in multiple ways. Hey, he, uh, like you're not like everybody else. Like when you've separated yourself from the world mm. and you're not doing the things that they're doing, you don't have the things in common with them that they want to talk about and hang out with and do, and you just feel separated, like you don't fit in. And a lot of people don't want to experience the not fitting in with everybody. So it's hard to go deeper with God because that pulls you farther away from all the people in your life. Well, and is this a thing too? Because if you start saying you're getting deeper with God, even if even if it's legit, like even if yeah. you spent, shoot, 30 days drinking nothing, like a 30-day fast, drinking nothing but water, <laughs> praying, whatever it is, yeah. like really seeking God and living your life like like it really is the most important thing like mm-hmm. knowledge of god and learning and pursuit of that is the most important thing in this existence and nothing else matters and if you did that and you came out on the other side with all this discernment and all this awareness and all this stuff would it be quickly snuffed by jealousy and judgment from the outside world mm-hmm. because when you do that yeah it's very easy for people to oh well he thinks he's got it all figured out he thinks he's yeah he thinks he knows or she thinks she's the closest one to God like yeah she's the first one on the list you know what I'm saying like <laughs> well someone's got to be on it's <laughs> <laughs> just alphabetical <laughs> Aaron A Aronson <laughs> welcome to heaven <laughs> what if it was like that. <laughs> okay, that's something I think that you know how you get these cartoon images of heaven is like floaty clouds and harps and stuff like that. Yes, I think people's minds are going to be blown at what it's like, like the real afterlife. I think people's minds would be blown if they lived like heaven is real. Yeah, that's something I, I'm wrestling with. It's almost I'm almost afraid. To live like heaven is real. If, because think about it, like if you lived like heaven is real mm. and it's forever, mm. and then you live like the scriptures are real when they say, you know, you're going to be rewarded for you, for the work you've done for God and Jesus mm-hmm. here on earth, you know, and they'll make you master of many things, all this kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be a society, a civilization in heaven. Christians, people who chose to be there, they chose Jesus Mm -hmm. and that relationship. And there's going to be probably, you know, people that are, like it talks about, people that are in charge of X, Y, and Z, like all these things. And it's like, if you started living like none of this is is as relevant as that because this is temporary, Mm -hmm. how, like, we have these slogans like, you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. It's like, but is that a bad thing? When you, if you really thought that heaven is real and forever, I definitely think you have to balance. Like, we're humans on earth right now. <laughs> like, yes. I have a husband, and the Bible clearly states you can't, you're not supposed to go without sex for like two weeks. Like, <laughs> like you can't just be, lest he stumble. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you can't be thinking about God so much that you forget to be a wife, that, you know, your daughter That's and true. stuff like that. Yeah. And, so, and you got to eat every day unless you're on a particular fast. Like, you have to be a grounded person, but also, you know, participating in spiritual things. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I get that life is busy and it's easy to get, like, wrapped up in it. But would it be so easy to get wrapped up in it if you really thought deep down in your core eternity is real and it could be right around the corner yeah but okay so what would that mean to you 
evangelizing 24-7? Like, what what would living like heaven is real, as you put it? I've heard Jordan. What would that change well, your see, life? I've seen Jordan Peterson talk about it. He's like yeah. the biggest. He's like, I don't even know what that would look like mm-hmm. if somebody lived in the reality of eternity is real it could happen at any moment and it's it probably forever. looks like the government hangs them on a cross <laughs> <laughs> well good call pretty much they're gonna get rid of them <laughs> faith, yeah. asse- faith or safe assessment i think um people talk about all the time if jesus came back today they'd throw him out of the church mm-hmm. i wonder if somebody lived their life where like eternity is real none of this is as relevant as telling people about Jesus 24-7 or whatever, I wonder if people would be like, well, they're crazy. Just, we don't need them in our but church. what should church look like to you? Church should be a family mm-hmm. and a training ground for evangelists, for okay. ministry. Like the, all the churches I grew up in, there's typically one pastor. Yeah. And sometimes there might be guest speakers, but there's typically one pastor. Mm-hmm. And it's like that pastor's show every week. I, if I was running a church, I would so get rid of that format. Yeah. I can't stand that. I agree. I agree. Because yeah. it just builds church celebrities, basically. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong yeah. with there's nothing wrong with having a dynamic leader. Yeah. Sure. But I do think there's something to be said about what you're saying, where mm-hmm. like you're growing evangelists, ministers, you're growing caretakers, you're growing mm-hmm. people in the faith to go out and serve and demonstrate the faith on a daily basis in different capacities. Mm -hmm. If the church was doing that, perhaps you'd see people a lot readily and and quickly diving into and discovering what their gifts are in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Say someone were to get saved. To me, that means they immediately should go into like some kind of study with a pastor or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, follow this, up. They call it somebody follow yeah. up with them. Now it's a phone call or an email <laughs> versus sitting down and having, like you said, like a devotional plan or whatever yeah. of two weeks of. Well, not even two weeks. It would be like almost like okay, you've got saved. What's what do you know about God and Jesus and the Bible? Let's start from there and just have a whole plan. I think the church is also scared of worldly judgment. The church doesn't want to yeah. look like brainwashers. Mm. I think sometimes if you did set up a plan, well, we get our people as soon as they get saved, we get them through a one month course of with so-and-so and and -and so-and-so, and then they get baptized and Mm -hmm. then blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, so you're just trying to reprogramming them to think what you want them to think. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, we're trying to deepen their relationship with Mm -hmm. God and help them and help them become a disciple. And it's like, nah, that's all religious hokum. You're really just trying to program them. But you can't argue that. You can't argue that with credibility because they can say, no, scientifically, you're doing what scientists call, you know, reprogramming the brain. Well, isn't that what the government's doing through the educational system? Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, don't they believe that about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I, and you know me. I'm a 100% advocate for not adhering to dumb rules. Yeah. The conversation we had earlier about the Bible on my desk that you disagree with me, like I yeah. thought it was a dumb rule. Even if it's a dumb rule, you should have submitted in the situation because you just made a Christian look bad all of a sudden. Oh, well, I, yeah. I w- was – not in a way, I don't think, because I was like, I'm happy to sit in in, in school suspension and yeah. take my test right there in private in front of you if that's what you deem is necessary for the way I've broken the rules. Essentially, for everybody online, <laughs> I – in through a fit at a teacher. <laughs> no. During my senior year, I, ca- I had my Bible on my mm-hmm. desk every single day at school. It's what mm-hmm. I did. Uh, and then there, there was a particular teacher who said, for our test, you're going to have to remove all books off your desks. 
I left my Bible on my desk. And I said, no, I'm going to leave this here and take the test. And she said, well, you can't do that. It's got to go. And I was like, what was the reason for the rule? She said, is it just to keep people from cheating because they're going to hide answers in the book? She's like, well, yeah. I said, okay, that's a good reason. Mm-hmm. You, I'm not going to write any answers in my Bible. Like I've had this on my desk all year. I'm not cheating out of it. I'm re- I read it in my downtime. It's there. You know, it was kind of like my Christian statement. And sure, it was juvenile, but I was 17 years yeah. old. Of course, <laughs> it was going to be juvenile. So then she says, well, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to sit in school suspension. And I was like, fine, I will gladly take the test in private in your class and in school suspension. But this is a dumb rule in this circumstance, and I'm not going to I'm not going to yeah. adhere to it. And it was fine. I sat in the class in in school suspension, did the test. She tried to run this whole rigmarole on me during the in school in school suspension. It was only fifteen minutes. It was our break or whatever. When she was like, uh, "This could have been avoided," and you know, and I believe the way you believe, but I just think you were being too hard headed about it. And I'm like, "Hey, you can believe however you believe. It's fine. I happily ab- abided by your punishment. I'm in here, took the test. You, mm-hmm. I've been doing this all year long. You know, I'm not cheating. I felt like it was a dumb rule, and I'm gonna adhere to the consequences." Yeah, but there wasn't a point to the power struggle. Like, it was just like an ego thing, you know? Not to me. It was a point to me. Like, it wasn't about my ego. Like, uh, you ain't making me take my Bible off my desk. It kind of was. No, it was me. For me, that was my response to Mm -hmm. they took prayer out of schools. They took Mm -hmm. the Ten Commandments out of schools. This is my personal choice that I can do that nobody nobody in the school in this authoritarian system can say I can't do. And it wasn't necessarily ego, like, ha, 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 I'm the greatest. It's like, no, I have an opportunity to take a stand. I'm going to do it. And so I did. And I I did it every class, Bible on the desk, every test, Mm -hmm. every other teacher, fine, fine, Bible on the desk. Who cares? Cliff puts his Bible on the desk. We all know we don't care. Well, you know, pick your battles. If you enjoyed this clip from the Not Gospel Studios YouTube channel, don't forget to share. Click on one of the other videos that you can find here or here. Subscribe. I think it's down here. Tell your friends about us. Tell them that it's healthy and vegan and all of those things. <laughs> Keep being awesome because that's how God made you.